the following resources presented by the Counseling and Conference Services of IOM America. Welcome to ZPod, an outreach ministry of Identity Matters podcast. ZPod is focused on addressing the worldview issues relating to the millennial generation and their children, Generation Z. Our new podcast series reveals the importance of the indwelt believer knowing and understanding who they are in Christ. Thank you for joining us today and welcome to ZPod with Dr. Stephen Finney. Welcome to ZPod. ZPod, as many of you know, is a ministry extension of Identity Matters podcast. The reason why that we are calling this ZPod is because right now we're primarily focused on educating people on the pros and the cons that Generation Z are either facing today or about to face. Typically, we get two kinds of responses from our emails that we send out and a few of the videos that we have sent out, certainly our podcast, and people basically ask the question, what is the big deal about your focus on Gen Z? Why don't you just stick to teaching the identity truths? Well, the simple matter is, is today's Gen Zers is tomorrow's leaders. Do you understand that the President of the United States is going to be a Gen Zer? The pastors of our churches are going to be Gen Z. Children that have grown up to become adults who have made a decision to get educated in a particular arena of religious thought and become pastors of tomorrow's church. They will become the governors of states. They will become the mayors of community. They will become leaders of homes. They will become mothers of children. And I'm not sure what they're going to call that generation because we have no more letters in the alphabet. So it will be interesting to see what the future has for us. But I want our listeners to understand something. And that is that the future belongs to God the Father, managed by God the Son, and literally carried out by the Holy Spirit. So our focus on Gen Z may sound like it's topical, but in reality, my mission as a minister and our ministry as a ministry is focused on equipping the generations through the mind of Christ. I believe this generation will face 
the greatest deception in being able to understand the clarity of knowing the difference between following a Christ, and you can put an underline with that, following a Christ or being indwelt by Jesus Christ. The numbers are not good. In this present day world, opinions and self-proclaimed wisdom or worldviews is being shouted out on every social media network known to mankind. Is this wisdom or worldview that which comes down from above, which is Christ? The answer to that question comes by way of evaluating a couple mandates found within the Holy Scriptures. And that is what we are about to focus on tonight. Here's the title of our message. Today's message is Wisdom of This Generation. Now I want to kick this off by asking you, if you are listening via podcast and you have a smartphone, which is probably why you're listening to the podcast, Please text me at 602-292-2982. Text me your answer. But the question I'm going to ask here to our local body is what comes to your mind when you think about the word wisdom? Mind of Christ. Okay, wisdom is more important than earthly things. Someone else? Pain, God through us, okay? Originally, the pictorial of wisdom is a wise man who comes from a kingdom. Wisdom. It is an authoritative word. It is usually directly connected to authority. Keeping with the Hebrew, it is someone who has been trained and equipped by a leader. Now that leaves us with us asking the question, who's your leader? Who's your daddy? Who's imparting wisdom to you? And what kind of wisdom is this? So once we look at the whole general definition of wisdom, we now can look at what the New Testament does say in helping us discern whether this wisdom that you might have is either earthly, natural, or demonic, or if it is wisdom that comes down from above. And the first thing that we watch for, the first sign of wonder that we watch for, and you should be watching for as people are speaking to you, is jealousy and selfish ambition. How do you know if someone is suffering jealousy? Jealousy is seen in the dominance of conversation. It's called an argument. That is where it shows up first. 
So if you're saying something and someone is standing in your little group and someone automatically jumps in and starts focusing the entire universe on themselves, that is the evidence of jealousy. It is also the evidence of selfish ambition. Selfish ambition is tougher for people to admit to. Jealousy seems to be something they can wrap their arms around a little quicker. So therefore, if they're suffering with envy, green with jealousy, usually they know that. They have their own style and technique of jumping in to take the dominant force of the energy of the conversation. These people typically love debating. Keep in mind that debating is one of the leading ways of communicating intelligence in the world today. Not discussion, not collaboration, not sharing, but debating. Many worldview institutes are built upon teaching students how to debate correctly. It is not a good arena to play around in. But this is our first sign that we have a problem. Here's our objectives for tonight. Our first objective is to explore the four types of wisdom. Yes, there are four types of wisdom. The first is earthly. The second is natural. The third is demonic. The fourth is heavenly, godly, out of the mind of God himself. Those are the only four types that are mentioned. But as you're going to learn tonight, the first three are cleverly stitched into one piece of cloth. Secondly, we're going to talk about the demonic world's methodology in making use of wisdom. Third, we're going to talk about the cleverness of demons. There are so many body members today that are uncomfortable talking about the demonic world. This is always a curious thing for me because the statistics that we have on Gen Z and the millennial generation is that most of their screen time is based on demonics. So that's very curious to me. We have a place called Hollywood that has coined the buzzword demonics as an official method of entertainment that is successful in reaching its target by the use of animated demonics. But yet the body of Christ is scared to talk about demons and demonic methodologies. Shame on us. 
In order to be an incredible leader and warrior, you have to understand your enemy. Or your battle is sure to fail you. Demons are clever. The Greek word for clever is sanitos, which means mentally put together or prudent. Now raise your hand or not raise your hand. I want to know how many here tonight knew that demons biblically have been described as mentally put together and prudent. There will not be any 602s on that one. But I am going to show you tonight from the scriptures and from some of the original context of scripture that the leading descriptive of demons is clever and they're prudent. The Hebrew word, which you're going to see coming up in a slide here, but just kind of give you a pop-up. The Hebrew word description for prudent is investor. Shrewd. Shrewd investor. Now we can kickstart our message tonight. Here's wisdom and the three definitions and their function. First, we must ask if the wisdom shows signs of jealousy or selfish ambition. We talked about that. Secondly, does this wisdom reveal arrogance and lying against the truth, which is lying against Jesus? If it does show these symptoms of demise, it is evidenced, according to this passage, that this worldview or insight is not that which comes down from above or from God. Furthermore, it says this self-proclaimed wisdom, earthly, man's thoughts, natural, science-based, and demonic, messenger of Satan. Concluding with the uncompromising view of the world, for where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there is disorder and just a few evil things. You probably should shout it out. We have listeners. It's not a few evil things. It's not a lot of evil things. It's not an unbelievable amount of evil things. It is what? Every Every evil thing. Now that's a conclusive conclusion. When these three partner with each other, the Lord is revealing to us that your society and your culture will become absolutely filled with every form of evil that Satan has to offer. Don't tell me that we shouldn't spend time preparing 
and warning Gen Z of what's coming. Because this is their modality of wisdom. Authentic Bible scholars never separate this descriptive. And proper translations, jealousy, selfish ambition, disorder, and every evil or demonic thing are all based on one single descriptive, meaning messenger of Satan. Do you remember when Paul was having the living daylights beat out of him? He just finished a writing project of what we call a full chapter on his distresses and difficulties, shipwrecked, beaten times without number, and the list went on and on for a full chapter. The poor guy was beaten up, and he was suffering with such pain emotionally and physically, it was affecting his spiritual, godological processing. So he appealed to the Lord three times. Now, for me, and my wife has heard this so many times in sermons through the past 30 years, to me, this statement is so unbelievably revealing of the quality of faith that Paul had been given to him. Most of us pray about things three times an hour or five minutes. Paul had been suffering these attacks from a messenger of Satan. For God only knows how long. And he was broken down to this point of appealing to God three times. Read the scripture yourself. Three times that this messenger of Satan, and this is one of the only passages that it is spelled out with the definition of wisdom. That this messenger of Satan would depart from him. Making the logical connection and having the spiritual insight of knowing that whole chapter full of stuff, and I'm sure there was more than what was written there, was all produced by a messenger of Satan to buffet Paul to keep him from exalting himself. Someone please tell me what Paul's most nasty sin was. More specifically... He even publicly admitted to us, not just to the person that he was writing the letter to. Paul was one of the very first that demonstrated my beliefs on your testimonies must go public. We are clinging to his public writings, his confessions and his vulnerabilities today. And one of the things that he confessed very openly was he believed that he was the greatest sinner of them all when it came to bragging. That's called an arrogant man. 
This too came from this messenger of Satan attacking him, stroking his flesh to brag. So why should this great man of God be humbled to this degree? It's very easy. We were given the answer. To keep me, Paul, from exalting myself. Paul knew what his great vulnerability and confession was. Now instead of God putting his focus on poor me, Paul, suffering shipwrecks and beatings, and the list goes on from there, and delivering him from this messenger of Satan, Jesus came back with a different response. One that is recorded by the scholars in red letters. This is 91 years after the resurrection. Jesus was not walking around knocking on people's doors answering their questions. This was a significant moment in church history. Jesus shows up personally, whatever that means, and meant to Paul, but it did get recorded. Paul, for my power is perfected in your weaknesses. Now the answer for Paul in this was one of Jesus' names. Grace. You see, grace doesn't apply to unsaved people. That's why they go to hell. And don't go past go or collect their grace award. But unsaved people who come to Jesus Christ to receive the greatest gift known to mankind and eternity receive the gift of grace. Jesus. So Jesus is saying to Paul, for I am sufficient for you. Think about that, guys. Jesus, who is grace. You cannot separate grace from Jesus. It was his very existence and purpose for coming to the earth. Saying to Paul, Paul, I am sufficient for you. For my power is perfected in you through your weaknesses. So no, I'm not taking the messenger of Satan away. And he didn't. Paul had the living daylights beat out of him all the way up to a few years before he died. Some believe all the way to his death. But documentation says it appears the last year or two years of his life, he had a little bit of relaxed time. I'm not one of the ones that believes that. Now that should affect you significantly. If you're begging with God every day, and I would throw myself into that pool, if you're begging God every day to be delivered from these constant attacks 
and stresses and difficulties and persecutions and whatever you else you want to add to the list and are expecting God to somehow step in and deliver you, listen carefully, you pastors who use the gospel of healing and deliverance like God's some kind of a slot machine taking power over demons and over the devil himself because you believe you have the power to chase that out of someone's life. Are you better than Paul? Is your subject better than Paul? Better yet, are you better than Jesus Christ? Why didn't God the Father deliver Jesus from these messengers of Satan? Humility comes with a great cost. Wisdom from above cannot be birthed until you receive the greatest wisdom known to eternity. And the cost has already been paid by the life of Christ himself. So therefore, when you receive the indwelling life of Jesus Christ, you receive the mind of Christ. When you receive the mind of Christ... You receive the greatest wisdom of eternity. And to trade that off for some demonic wisdom proves something that should rattle your cage. This is critical for us to understand. We need to conclude with this. These people have this uncompromising view that they just won't seem to budge. They are stubborn, they are arrogant, they're immovable on the demonic side. And when you front them with truth, they are quick to debate. They are not quick to listen carefully. That maybe, just maybe, a different kind of wisdom is flowing out of the mouth of this person. Now the question comes up in my mind, and did come up in my mind as I was studying for this message tonight, is how in the world can we expect an unbelieving mind to understand the wisdom of God, let alone discern it out? I have an answer for you. It was the answer given to me as God led me to the scripture I just walked you through. Nobody can deny power. Nobody. Whether it's a person manifesting the power of an evil force, whether it is an indwell believer manifesting the power of God, nobody can deny power. Because the first thing that comes from power, as most of you know, is a miracle. So are there demonic miracles? Answer is, absolutely. Remember that group that comes before Jesus and says, wait a minute here, I preached in your name, I healed in your name, I performed miracles in your name. And Jesus' response was... Be gone from me, for I know you not. 
I can assure you the cleverness of demons can replicate anything that God can do. But rule the universe. That's it. Everything else you're going to see, all of the healings, all of the power teachers, all of the prosperity gospel people, all of the, you're going to see it all, but you will not see Satan functioning as God of the universe, which would make him God. That's a hang up for him. I can assure you. This resource has been presented by the Counseling and Conference Services of IOM America. For more information about our ministries, visit us online at IOMAmerica.org. That's IOMAmerica.org.